have some news to share. The Pumping Podcast now has two sponsors and I could not be more excited. So mama's out there listening, whether you're a soon-to-be mama, a new mama, or you're looking for a gift for someone, if you want an all-in-one feeding system that you can pump, store, and feed all from the same bag, my guest Sarah recommends to try the Kind Twist. And I now have a very special link just for you in the show notes. Kind products are the safest and most convenient way to collect, store, and feed breast milk. Check them out today in the show notes, and let me know if you'd like a free starter kit, and I'll hook you up. My next sponsor is Hypnobabies. You might have heard me talk about them before. If you haven't listened to episode 7 yet, take a listen. I sit down with the founder of Hypnobabies. Her name is Carrie Tushoff. Hypnobabies is a method of easily and naturally preparing for childbirth. There are also single tracks as well if you don't want the full method. And there are even tracks for non-birth-related things like how to quit smoking, to help your toddler sleep better, and even to ease that anxiety, which I know we all could use at many times. The most exciting thing is though, if you check out the link in the show notes and make sure you use the promo code PUMPINGPODCAST, you'll get 20% off. Check them out! Now off to the regular scheduled program. This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Mamas, welcome to another episode in my mini meditation series. Today, I'm very grateful to share with you a conversation that I had with Kristen Chamberlain. She is a massage and somatic therapist. She works with clients to resolve stress-related medical conditions and trauma. And I think we all might be going through a little bit of trauma at this moment in time. I don't know about you, but I am definitely going through it. The most exciting thing about this episode is Kristen brings us through a beautiful meditation. You will get to listen along with me and meditate with me as Kristen helps us find our groundedness, our strength, and our heart. I encourage you mamas to know before you listen to this episode that you are enough. You are doing enough. You are loving enough, you are cooking enough, you are teaching enough, you are enough. And I hope you give yourself this episode, or at least fast forward to the meditation, and give yourself this meditation because you deserve it. So here is Kristen. So mamas, today I am joined with Kristen Chamberlain. Kristen, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me. I am really, really grateful that you have decided to speak to me on some short notice. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, And I'm just really grateful that you're here today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. We've all got lots of time on our hands now, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And this is, this couldn't be a better time. So first of all, you are a mom. I'm a mom. That's the most important, (laughs) (laughs) but you're also um, a massage and somatic therapist, as you call it. And online, you say that you work with clients to resolve stress-related medical conditions and trauma, which I think whether we all realize it or not, we're kind of going through a little bit of trauma right now. (laughs) (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. I think we're all going to be different on the other side of this and hopefully not traumatized. And the difference between that is really how we meet the moment. 
Yeah, and that's especially why I'm so grateful to chat with you today because I think we're all needing this. Um, so Kristen is, as I said, a mom. She's also the director of the Somatic Center, which is a healing art studio in the outskirts of Northampton, Massachusetts. So once this is all over, you could always take a trip up there and visit her. Um, and we're going to do something a little bit different in this episode as to my other episodes, where later on, she's actually going to lead us through a meditation. So I'm really looking forward to this. But first, I do want to talk about you and you as a mother and all of that. But um, the reason why I was led to speaking with Kristen is I was sitting here, you know, after I released my episode last week, just thinking, I can't release my episodes that I have coming up. I mean, they're wonderful, but they're just not connected to the times and, and to what we need now. And so I was sitting here trying to think of ways that I could give back to all of you mamas out there and find things that you may need right now. How can I give back? What is something that you're yearning for? And the thought of meditation was placed on my heart. And so here we are. This is what we're talking about today. So first of all, Kristen, I'd like for you to just explain for those who don't know, and I'm in that, that world, what is somatic? How do you define somatic? Hmm. So somatic is that word that... Um means the whole of who we are. So if we, Western medical science tends to reduce us into, um, we want to either treat our bodies or we want to treat our minds or we treat our spirits. So we, we go to different places for those different parts of us. Somatic says that we, we are not actually these individual things. You can't have a thought without having a response in your body and have some connection to your spiritual beliefs. So that somatic means the whole. And explain a little bit more about what it is that you actually do over at the somatic center and you personally. <laughs> well, that's, that's the big hard thing to explain, right? So um, when I sit with someone, um, I've got all kinds of training, first of all. So, so yoga and dance and mindfulness and somatic experiencing. And I was a wilderness guide for years and I, all kinds of skills, right? So I bring all of that to people, including all my life history and my own healing journey, right? So all of that I bring to people. But what holds everything together really is I pay attention to what's happening in people's nervous system, right? So our nervous system holds the memory of everywhere we've always been and everywhere we've, everywhere we've been and anything that's ever happened to us, right? And if we've had a lot of experiences that have happened to us that have been overwhelming, that are um, that we didn't where we didn't get to fight or flee um, that survival energy that gets mobilized in these overwhelming moments gets stored away in the body and and then a lot of our life force is spent holding it packing it away and it binds up with um, energy just doesn't disappear right so it binds up in our bodies and creates those those symptoms that we consider as trauma um, and I'm using a very broad definition of trauma so tension in the body is fight flight that's been held in the body um, difficulty sleeping difficulty eating all of these things are symptoms of fight flight that's been held in the body so i create conditions in my room with my clients that help them release that tension in their bodies that then relieves the symptoms and it's kind of a matter of unpacking is it a matter of unpacking the past or is it just kind of focusing on where you're at currently it's, it's what's happening right in the room right now. Uh -huh. So we're not going through story. I can actually work really effectively with people 
sometimes I don't even know their stories, but we'll sit in a room together and we'll say, look, what's happening right now in the room? And then other times people have a very clear story that they want to resolve and we work through the story. The story is one doorway in to the trauma content that's held in the body. And sometimes it's the pattern of breath or the, the movements of, of the body or movements of the hand or how fast your heart is beating. Like those things can also be doorways or, or signs that say, oh, right here, yeah. <laughs> go in here. That's really interesting too, because I feel like it could be overwhelming for some people to think of going to a therapist where they have to unpack the hit the history in the past and go back to those wounds and you know personally everyone has their own thought about it but personally I think that there's something very healing and successful about that but for those who that it might be overwhelming for something like this type of a healing where we're just dealing with the present could really sound appealing yeah and psychotherapy and medical profession all those serve a purpose like really really important purposes um, people often find me when they've tried a lot of other things and they, they know that there's still something in their body, right? So, um, yeah, so we can, we can access a lot without the story just by going to the body and seeing what's showing up in the room at this moment. So let's dive into a little bit more about motherhood for you. And before <laughs> okay. that, I know it was a little while ago, but what was life like before you became a mom? So. I, I know you gave me this question to consider. I I was um, I was I was 37 when I became a mom, so I had a long, very full adult life before then. And I was an adventurer, and I um, I I did a lot of um, wilderness uh, time in the wilderness. I spent a lot of time backpacking, canoeing, sailing, and and then I became a teacher and a, and a wilderness guide. And I worked on sailboats, and I worked in the backcountry, and I did all kinds of um, programming with youth at risk, with recovering teens, with adults that, you know, wanted to get more connected to, to nature and to their bodies and to their lives. And we, they were all therapeutic programs. And so we did deep dives in the middle of, you know, we're, we're in front of a fire, um, processing deep stuff with, <laughs> with groups and, and people would go into the woods with me or on the boats with me. And by the end of the week or the end of the month, they'd have, their lives would just be completely transformed because nature has a way of doing that. Oh, let me tell you, I have just been dying <laughs> to get out and do a hike. I I don't know. It, it was set upon my heart like a couple months ago. I just felt like going on a hike. I think I saw a couple people on Instagram post pictures doing that. And I was just thinking, oh, that feels really good. And now this all happened. Yeah. And now we're quarantined. And I've wanted to even more. And then I thought about going last weekend and then it was going to be a little chilly and I want it to be a little bit, you know, sunnier and brighter. So I, it's, it's <laughs> on my, my plan and I think it'll be really good for my heart, but I haven't done that yet. We get out there. We feel better, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, instantly. I think connecting, yeah. you know, connecting with nature <laughs> a couple of days ago, I went to the park near here in Astoria, Queens, and I posted up a picture in one of my Facebook groups because my acting teacher always says, go out and hug a tree. And so I did, I hugged the tree, <laughs> but then I had to instantly sanitize my hands because I didn't know who else hugged that tree. <laughs> right. That's a good Bad, one. but true. <laughs> uh, so who was it that made you a mother? Oh, <laughs> I was married to a man for for 12 years and in that marriage I had my son 
And um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and you just have the one son or do you have more? I just have one son. Now I have one and, and he's, he's been a handful. He's a <laughs> wonderful, absolutely amazing human being. And, um, and I had to be involved and, and, you know, very actively involved the entire time. <laughs> and do you remember a little bit what your pregnancy and birthing experience were like? Where was it fairly easy or a challenge? Well, um, it was very unusual and um, quite hard. So I, um, it was very traumatic. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if this is where you want to go in this conversation. It was, it was a hard. I, I, I bled for three months. I, I almost miscarried. I. I had hyperemesis. I threw up for six months. And then in the end, I had a placenta abruptia at 34 weeks. I came very close to losing my life. Wow. And I didn't. And I, I gave birth to a very healthy, strong, happy baby. But it was quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> do you think any of that had to do with you being 37 or it was just the situational thing? I was told it had nothing to do with my age. I was told it was just a fluke of nature. I was even told if I had another one that it might be completely different. Mm. I have interviewed many other moms who have children at older ages and they have no problems. So it's true. You, you might never know. Yeah. Aside from that experience being traumatic as it was, but in general, <laughs> how has motherhood really shaped you or changed you as a person? Um, I love being a mom. I absolutely love it. I think it's it's one of the hardest and most rewarding experiences that I've ever had you know it's just um it's changed me in so many ways things I would have never considered it just brought me home to what's most important which is how you know building the next generation and being in this relationship that's all about love and connection and being real right my son invites me in every moment to be present <laughs> and to be real yeah. And that's what he wants, love, presence, and realness, honesty, right? We don't always want to be present. Yeah. We don't and, always want to be in our And hearts, he'll call right? you but on that if you're not, I'm sure. <laughs> it's a total call to life. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be who I am without having been a mom. And I love who I am these days. So That's beautiful to hear. Even if it was traumatic, you've, you've come out on the other side. <laughs> and even that, even that was a long, long time ago and, and such a small part of the whole journey. Yeah, absolutely. Shifting now into the current a little bit, yeah. how have you been feeling and how have you been coping during this time? I mean, I instantly, when I was thinking about chatting, I was thinking that I wondered if you were getting flooded with people who are just looking for help and outreach, but how have you personally been taking care of yourself and feeling? Well, sometimes I, um, I feel like I have to apologize to my friends because I have been, I have been asking in some way not for I haven't been asking for a pandemic but I've been asking like can't we just slow down can't mm -hmm. we just um be more connected can't we just can't I just have some quiet time can I um just take two weeks in my house and just have quiet and nothing else to do not that I have nothing else to do right now but so there's a part of me that's been loving it like absolutely loving it. And I'm playing my guitar more and I'm calling, I'm talking to more friends and I'm, I, I slept 11 hours one night. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, There's something and, really healing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's hard. <laughs> like it's hard. Like um, 
I, uh, I'm living alone for the first time in my life and I chose it because I wanted some quiet space. Like I've always lived with other people, either parenting or being in relationships or having housemates. And I chose to live alone. I'm like, really? <laughs> really right now I have to get the pandemic where I am like so isolated. So I'm, I'm making do with it. I have meditation skills. I have, I, I'm on my yoga mat every day. I'm, um, I take a walk and a hike every day. My yard looks great. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So, and then I've had moment where I was just, I, I found that moment of terror, like, like, holy shit, what, what's happening? Like, and I just reached a moment of terror and I had a friend on the phone who said, just give it a sound. And she stayed with me while I went full body, just feeling my terror. Mm. And on the other side of that, I had like, I just had so much more freedom. That's so interesting and smart. I mean, I always talk to people and say like, feel your complete feeling and don't, I, I'm the first to, you know, get on my schedule and get to the next thing and make that <laughs> calendar and fill it all up. You know, I mean, I even opened up my calendar this morning because that gives me some sense of peace. Um, but I also think, you know, I had a similar situation where I was going through the past week and a half and then in the middle of last week, I was on a Zoom call with a, couple, a bunch of other people. And just the words that this one particular woman was saying just really spoke to me. And I just kind of felt like, oh, and I just started crying. And I just was like overwhelmed by how I was feeling. And I think that there's something so important to feeling that. And, you know, whether that's just screaming out your window or into your pillow or just you know, the other day I even had a sobbing moment to my husband and I just kept saying like, everything's okay. I just need to let this out. <laughs> like, don't let me stop crying. I just need to, you know, because I think that there's something yes. healing in that, yes. you know? Yes. It's, and some people call it energy and motion. Emotions are energy and motion. When we allow them to move on the other side of that hard emotion, there's information for us. There's there's wisdom for us. And so when we hold on it in our bodies, it gets painful yes. and, and then we get stuck. And then the, the, the hard part just stays with us. Yeah. And so then we, we it, it, it transforms into other things. We take it out on our partners. We take it out right. on ourselves mentally. You're not doing enough. You're not doing this. We, you know, we, it, it transfers into different areas of our life that we might not realize it is. Um, so that's so important. Now, once we've gone through that and it's kind of gone through our bodies, what are some positive things in the world and in our community and our, in our environment that you think might come out of all of this? I'm searching for the positive. Um, yeah. You know what? I, what I've started doing is asking everybody around me. So what are you getting out of it? Because I think we're, um, what, what, overwhelm does is it tends to want to rivet our focus to the thing that is the hardest right and then we just stay and we spin on that and so I've been asking people so what what are you what's the what are you, what's right about this moment I love that question right that's one question we can ask yeah instead of asking you know how are you how are you feeling this is crazy isn't it you know I love that switch it's a positive switch of a question and and it is all of that. It's crazy. It's unprecedented. Well, not unprecedented, but we've never experienced this, right? And yet 
when you say what's right about this moment, my friends are like, I'm doing more art than I've done in a long time. And mm -hmm. oh my gosh, the, you know, everything that we're learning from, um, from the news is saying, you know, the earth is loving this. Like there's yeah. less carbon dioxide in the air. We are more connected to our families and friends. We are like, we're doing more of what nourishes us as human beings other than the, you know, the, the, the physical contact of social connection. Yeah, I think we're doing more of what we kind of were always intended to do, what we were born to do, to, right. to, to commune, to be with nature, to be with ourselves and our bodies and our minds, and to kind of step away. I mean, technology is unbelievable, and the jobs that we have are just fascinating and so good for us and keep us moving and productive as a society, but I think on the other side of it, it also dials you down and checks you in to what's what's really going on. I mean, I've I've noticed um, working out is very important to me, and I usually work out a lot. I would say usually like five to six days a week, but now I'm feeling like it needs to be six to seven mm -hmm. almost days a week because you know, if I don't move and I live in New York city, so I would usually find myself moving everywhere and walking everywhere. But if I don't just move every day, I feel just not like myself, right, you know? Right. And that's something that even maybe once this is all over, I'll continue to do. Maybe I'll wake up early and do a little stretching or whatever. It's, it'll be interesting to see where we come from this, but I love that thought of what, what is this time giving to you and what are you getting out of this in a positive way well, and we know that 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 things have been out of balance for a really long time mm -hmm. we 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 know this and this there's something about this as horrible as um and and i can speak somewhat removed from i'm not living in new york city i'm not living in wuhan china right so i'm, I'm still haven't been um directly connected to it except for the isolation and the fear right um but things have been out of balance for a really long time and what's happening is is bringing things back into balance to some degree in a very large scale we're slowing down right and i absolutely don't want to undermine the people who are going through the the direct challenges who are have either lost family members or who are currently sick you know, I, I don't want to undermine that. And I know that that's very scary and an awful situation. But in the broad picture, I just do think that the majority of our, of our society needs to kind of step back and take a deep breath and breathe. And, and, and there's going to, yeah, and there's going to be loss. We're all going to experience it at some level and, and sort of feel yeah. the connections, our gratitude for life, feel our gratitude for the people in our lives that we love feel our gratitude for being alive and all of that is is a really important thing to do right now absolutely as part of our own resilience is to be living day to day in gratitude for what we do have because it's in gratitude for what we do have that we know what we stand to lose and can be awake and aware as things are unfolding yeah and so now part of that step toward living in gratitude and to checking in with yourself is meditation. So for you, when and how did you find meditation? I was in graduate school. My background before I was a therapist was all in ecology and the natural sciences. And um, I had come out of being a wilderness guide and now I'm in graduate school. And there was a woman offering 
nature and mindfulness class. <laughs> and so I took that class, not really knowing anything about it. And um, she happened to be working at UMass Medical with John Kabat-Zinn in the mindfulness-based stress reduction program. And at the end of the course, she says, if you do a 10-day meditation sit, I will gift you a free um, entry into doing the practicum at UMass Medical. Wow. And I'm like, you're kidding. Sign <laughs> <laughs> me up. And I was really scared to do it. I was like, I was sure that as I'd get in that meditation room and I would just like bolt out of there because I had so much anxiety in my body at that moment in my life. And, um, and so I did a 10 day meditation sit when I had hardly ever meditated before, which was quite a deep dive. Now, was this before or after you were a mother? It was before. Before. I cannot imagine being a mom without mindfulness skills on board. I, really... I bet. <laughs> Yeah. And so what, what is my, what is meditation to you? What has it given you? Well, after that first 10 days sit, I, I just didn't have the same level of anxiety in my body. So it mm. freed me up. It settled my system. It freed me up. And now it gives me this, um, these skills for in, in any moment, any day I can stop and take a breath and look around and just notice where I am and what's going on. And in that process, that just that simple process, there's a physiological change that happens in our bodies where our, our fight flight system turns into a, a, a relaxation system and, and it's, it's life-giving. And so um, that's probably the biggest way I, I practice mindfulness is just day to day, taking deep breaths and just noticing what's happening and, and not making anybody or anything wrong that's happening, but just learning to notice and be aware. And then I can be more conscious in how I want to respond. On the website for the somatic center that you lead, it says that you focus on body awareness approaches to life, healing, and wholeness. What does that statement mean to you? <laughs> it's, it's getting back a little bit to what I was saying before about the reductionist perspective versus the holistic and that, and, and simply, you know, the, the way that I work differently than most other healthcare practitioners is that I include the body, the body's included. And, and, and I also work with sexuality. A lot of people don't work with sexuality. They don't work with the body. They don't use the word love. They don't talk about the mystery of life, right? So all of those things are included in a body awareness approach to life healing and wholeness. <laughs> yeah, that wholeness, that somatic feel. And how do you think people can do that in their day-to-day -day life? Short of going to your center and, you know, taking classes every day, but that's a great question. You know, I think um, just becoming more and more connected to their body's experience. Their, our bodies talk to us. So learning the language of our bodies. And then as we learn the language of our bodies, we actually learn to pay attention and notice what's true for us in this moment. What's our lived experience in this moment? And when we have that, we have a tremendous amount of wisdom from which to move forward in our lives. And so it can be as simple as that. And it can be as simple as noticing our breath because the breath is present moment and is body focused, the body centered, right? Yeah. And using those kind of tools and, and meditation in general, how has that helped or changed or has it not with the day-to-day -day that we're in now for you? Well, you know what I do with the isolation. So I can keep myself busy, but I can also just drop in. And when we drop in and we get, past like the noise of our lives or the 
you know, that busy, staticky experience of life. On the inside, when I drop in, there's just this whole world of mystery and magic and a place of centered calm. And like, I don't go there to because I try to make that happen. But when I drop in, I find that. And, and, and I'll, I'll say like, I have a, I have a, a, a love hate relationship with meditation, right? Probably like a lot of people is that it's hard to drop in. It's hard to get past that static. It takes like a, a serious commitment to say, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to stay past that moment where I just want to run <laughs> from the static because there's this, there's this um, place where we just want to pull out. But when I stay, when I do stay, it's so incredibly rewarding to just drop in and and it changes my day. It will change my day. And so I'm doing a lot more of that right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's what I've been, I've been longing for the time um, to do that. And so I get to do that. Well, I would love to drop in with you right now, if you wouldn't <laughs> okay. mind leading us in a little meditation. I am so ready to drop in. <laughs> We'll see what comes out because something different comes out every time, but I'll be more than that. That's right. All right. So um, I guess this, so this is for you and, and anyone who's listening is to first just find a really comfortable seat. And um, I know there's like really clear directions on what a meditative seat is. And mostly want to find a place where your, your body is relaxed so your mind can free itself up to be awake and aware so just finding your seat and then allowing yourself to take a nice deep breath in and and just pay attention to the breath wherever it makes itself most clearly noticeable by you right sometimes it's where the clothes are pinching in or it's where we feel the breath right the warm breath coming out our nose or so just notice your breath to take the next in breath and the next out breath And then let your awareness come to the places where you are making contact with the ground beneath you or the chair beneath you. Or whatever it is, whatever surface you're resting against, feel the place where you're touching the ground. And let those be your points of contact as you take your next breath in. And we're gonna release our breath as we release any tension in our bodies that might be not needed in this moment. And releasing it right down through those points of contact, all the way down into the ground beneath us. And as we breathe in our next breath, breathe in from the ground beneath us as if from the center of the earth, we really are drawing all the way from the earth beneath us, 
up through our bodies, up our spine, all the way to the top of our head. And then we're gonna breathe back down through the spine, back down into the earth beneath us. And so just try a few of those breaths in your own rhythm, breathing in as if from the center of the earth to draw nourishment with this breath up the spine to the top of your head. Breathing down and releasing tension in your body and giving it back to the earth. And if you're someone who has a hard time tracking your breath, one of the things you can do is just, if you close your throat just a little bit, the breath will make a, a whoosh sound as it goes through. And I'll do a few so you can hear. And so you can do that each time you find your mind wandering and it can just help bring your attention back to your breath. And this practice of breathing up and down the spine is one way we can find our center. Breathing in from the ground beneath us and releasing to the ground beneath us is a way we can find our ground. We really do, we are an electrical system that actually does ground into the earth beneath us and draws nourishment from the earth. So I invite you to take just a, a little bit of time with your own rhythm playing with that breath. Again, just a reminder as you exhale, 
Just continue the practice of releasing tension in your body, releasing your tongue, your throat, any tension in your belly or hips. Allowing your energetic body to release back into the back body, this place of relaxation. And the practices, when you notice your mind wandering, you simply call it back. You just come back to this breath in this moment and whatever thoughts were calling your attention, you just let them go and you come back and, and then you also let go any judgment you might wanna bring to yourself for not meditating well or not paying attention. Whatever judgments come up, they do. Let go of those as well and then just come back to the breath. And then even with this short amount of meditation, a lot of us might feel antsy or impatient or any number of emotions might arise or you could feel strong sensations in your body. Whatever it is that's arising for you in this practice, the invitation is to welcome it all, to breathe into it, and just allow it to move through you. If, if tears come, just let the tears come. If tension in your body comes, breathe into it, release, allow, and know that everything's okay. Everything in this moment is okay, even with whatever intensity might be showing up. And you can just drop in even more deeply and breathe even more fully.
And as a practice, I invite you each time you become aware of yourself doing a practice to recommit to this next breath, this breath, I'm gonna be fully present. So take a few more breaths on your own and then I'll invite you to do something next with me. So just a few more breaths on your own. And now if you're able, my invitation is to, without losing this connection to yourself, without losing this awareness of breath, see if you can ever so slightly just let a little bit of light come through your eyelids as you just Lift your eyelids just a touch, soft gaze. Come back to your breath. So half your awareness is inside, half your awareness is outside with this very soft gauzy gaze. I'm gonna invite you to just look around the room. Notice shapes and colors without attaching too much to naming what you see, just to notice. And then you might let your eyes open a little bit more. And again, just keep letting the, the jaw release with the exhale and the belly release, even as your eyes are opening to engage 
with the outside world. You might come back to yourself for a moment with eyes closed. If you need a reminder, touch in. And then open your eyes again. Maybe just let your eyes open even more until things might start coming into focus. Still with a full breath, released body. And then you might just come back to notice the voice, <laughs> whatever else is in your surroundings. I have some geese outside who are cackling away. <laughs> and so that's a little taste just a little taste of moment-to-moment -moment awareness that can completely shift our experience of being in our day. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, one thing that um, I noticed is I heard my heartbeat, mm. which was such a beautiful thing to experience mm. and I would find myself as I would hear it almost stop breathing because I wanted to listen <laughs> to it more because when you when I breathed I couldn't really hear it and then I would just have to keep reminding myself no keep breathing but it was a beautiful moment at this time and place of where we're at to just be reminded that my heart is still beating and it's still strong and powerful and keeping me alive and grounded. And it was, oh, I think I'm going to wake up now and, and do this every day. <laughs> I can't wait. This episode has to get edited today so I can do it tomorrow. Now, just imagine if you were to be able to bring that to those moments in parenting where you're like, you're ready to pull your hair out. You're ready, right? And then you just go, wait a, wait a yes. second, wait a second. Let me just breathe. Let me just look around the room. Let me find my center. Mm -hmm. It's what I call parenting from the inside out, right? We are the ground for our kids. We, they, 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 they grow their nervous system in relationship to our nervous systems. If we're running around frantic, they learn running around frantic and they learn fear. When we can come to a place of quiet, and calm, even if for a moment, or even just a moment, is, is a moment that wasn't there before, right? So then we introduce that to our kids, that life is trustworthy, that life 
is amazing that there is this inner world of mystery and magic and like where you go oh my god my heart's beating oh my god right and there can be these mm-hmm. moments of absolute exquisite like riveting attention you know riveting moments where where we just can't look away because it can be that way by going inside well and I know it's hard at this point in time especially for mothers and fathers to experience the hysteria and be bombarded by the hysteria but not to let it overpower you because then as you said your children learn from that so they will experience whatever you're experiencing and here's the important thing that parenting is not about being perfect it's Mm -hmm. about being honest right so it's not about like oh i never get flustered or oh i never feel fear it's like, oh, wow, Absolutely. I was feeling fearful right there. And I was responding out of that. Let me come back. And now let me readjust my response, right? And, and um, so we will, we will have what is, I think John Kabat-Zinn calls it the full catastrophe of life, right? It's everything. And this can just help shift it just, I'm looking this way and now I'm looking this way. And it's, it's just night and day in terms of how I respond. Yeah, and it's also not a matter of ignoring what's happening right now and ignoring how we're feeling. It's honoring that. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a full honoring is to be fully awake and aware. It's like, I'm not gonna be in my, this has been my commitment to myself. Like, I'm I'm not gonna, like, I might feel fear, but I'm not gonna be in my fear. I'm not gonna live in my fear as I go through this. I'm gonna honor my fear because my fear is telling me something's happening but then I'm going to come back to my breath. And as much as I can, I'm going to just show up and be awake for what's happening so that I can respond from a place of, wow, I really love life. I love my life. I love life itself. And I want us to really dive through this and, and um, get to the other side in good fashion. I am just so grateful we were able to connect. I mean, I know I needed this. I'm going to continue this every morning. I'm not kidding. (laughs) And um, I hope the moms out there as well have walked through this with us and that you revisit it as well, because I think it's so important. If I could just one, one way to take this as a nugget away is a, is a tool I called stop STOP. And this comes right out of the mindfulness based stress reduction curriculum, right? S stands for stop. T stands for take a break. O stands for observe your surroundings. P stands for proceed. Right, (laughs) so you can stop at any moment during any day and there you have it, right? And just, and the other thing I want to leave with your, your parents and your moms is you're doing one of the most amazing, most challenging and most unrecognizing important jobs in the world. You're growing the next generation. You're growing the next teachers and scientists and jugglers and (laughs) (laughs) therapists. And and, and, um, so every moment, every breath you can take where you can shift this, you are impacting a whole generation. And so just let that sit with you and rest with you to know that you are so, you are doing such an important job and you're, um, and, and I'm so grateful. For, for all the parents in the world. And I'll also add that wherever you are in that journey at this moment and whatever it is that you're doing is enough. Is enough. Absolutely. And 
and especially during this time, it's enough. Just holding Absolutely. your babies, just <laughs> being present for your babies is enough. And if you do nothing else, no time will be missed. No, you know, it, it's enough, period. Love it, love it. <laughs> Kristen, how can people connect with you? I am at the Somatic Center, somatic-center.com. Um, there's a contact page there if people want to um, email me. Um, in a few days, as soon as it gets up and running, I also have a, a Tuesday morning drop-in online session. It's a Zoom session. So just if you need a little touch into sanity, it's a, it's a whole group of us that are getting together on a weekly basis. And that's really one of the, the offerings I'm, I'm doing for my audience at this time is just, let's just drop in together. And on that, there will be a template, a, a PDF that you can download, 12 ways to de-stress first aid for the nervous system. Oh, I love that. So they can find that if they reach in your contact, contact me section on the website. No, if they get to um, somatic-center.com, it will be on the homepage after five seconds of being on the homepage, a little pop-up menu will show there and and you're welcome to um, just sign up. I'll send you, you'll get it right to your inbox, a a PDF for de-stressing and and a Zoom link for the drop-in sessions. Oh, that'll be amazing. And I'll put that link to her website in the show notes as well so you can find it. And I also want to give a little bit of a pre uh, word in there because you're working on a podcast yourself, aren't you? <laughs> I am. And I'm <laughs> and and it's just it's just in a nascent form right now, but it's called Moving with Arrows. And I do again, I do a lot of work around sexuality, trauma, and embodiment. And so moving with arrows is it really says to align with eros means to align with life. And so it's practices and principles for how to drop into our bodies and learn how to live the most alive, passionate, present lives we could possibly live. And that's that's coming up and that will come along with a 500-hour training program for anyone who's interested. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be so good. So I'll put whenever that's ready, I'll also put that in Beautiful. the links and it'll be there for people in the show links uh, show notes. Oh, this has just been a wonderful journey and a great way for me to start my day. So thank you so, so much. I'm just truly grateful for you and for taking the time to do this for my moms out there. Thank you so much for all the work you do for moms. Amazing. (laughs) Of course. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.